Casper, put it there. Today's podcast is brought to you by Spooky's Tough Little Mattresses, the most stupendous mattress company you'll find anywhere from Brooklyn all the way to the afterlife. Why let the friendly ghosts have all the say in your sleep when you can let things get a little spooky? Spooky's Tough Little Mattresses come with a one-night guarantee because that's all the time you'll need to decide where your possible final resting place could be. Before becoming a customer of Spooky's, I thought I had a tough mattress, but now after testing this one, it feels like I'm floating on thin air. Every single night feels like my last. And with Spooky's, they're pleased to offer every new customer a free derby hat with every single purchase if you use our promo code READY at checkout. That's R-E-A-D-Y at checkout. Thank you to Spooky and his tough little mattresses for sponsoring this podcast. Oh no, this is horrible. What is it, Doctor? Welcome aboard to the most porous podcast you'll find along the tubes of the internet. I'm ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. I'm your captain, Captain Eric. Welcome aboard to 135 of the Squarecast, episode 135, all about the lost mattress. And let me tell you, I'm not going to hide how hard it was for me to record that intro. And if you get the joke, and I hope some of you do, uh, it it was one that I came up with literally as I was you know, sitting down to record, and I thought, man, I, I have to do this, uh, but the the laughter took over a little bit there for a second, and it was tough to even get into the intro here, uh, but before we lose our mattresses today, I want to give a shout out to the social media team over at Nickelodeon Kart Racers. They have made the build-up to this game, which is coming out on October 14th, hashtag not sponsored, but it's coming out October 14th. I'm going to play as much Nickelodeon Kart Racers 3, even more so than I have 1 or 2. I, I've given my thoughts on those pretty, you know, sporadically over over the course of the last few years. And uh, Kart Racers 3, I'm going to plan to have at least more of a presence in terms of content for uh, moving forward. It seems like it's already a, a stacked game. And I specifically want to shout out the social media team because... They have, you know, made the build-up to the game through their releases of levels and their their guessing game of new characters. Really fun and something to genuinely look forward to. There's so much going on in the world at all times. Even without access to a phone, it would be overstimulating for somebody out there in the world. So, hey, little nuggets of a distraction for a second to go, hey, I think this is what the new character is for the game and... And to be stumped or or to be right, regardless of the outcome, is genuinely fun. And I've had a great time. Why I'm bringing it up here on a SpongeBob SquarePants podcast yet again, it's because I think the final three characters added to the game are all SpongeBob related. It was a tricky first post that I had quickly looked at, but didn't really give much attention to because I took a vacation over this past weekend. And it seemed to have stumped pretty much everybody because no one had any right answers as far as they had seen. Of course, it was pretty tough as they only really gave 
small glimpses of these characters' silhouettes, and as they showed off more, it became very clear that we would be getting Squidina from the Patrick Star Show, but also, and I, I'm going to just 100% confirm this now, Camp Coral SpongeBob with his very distinct boot pattern as being one of the silhouettes hidden. As far as the third option is concerned, it seems like Mr. Krabs, but it also seems like Patrick, which Patrick has already announced in the game, so you would think, well, it probably is Camp Coral Patrick, but with the addition of Squidina, I would say it's probably Patrick Star in his Patrick Star show attire as another character, which you would think, wait a minute, they're going to take up a character slot for just an alt costume, and to that I say they already have with Purple Reptar, apparently Purple Reptar, instead of just being a, you know, choosable costume for Reptar, is a completely separate racer. And, you know, there is precedent to this. I mean, look, Mario Kart is guilty of wasting spots on their roster for what could be an alternate costume. So there, there is precedent even in the apex of this kind of genre of, of racing game. Nonetheless, I think it's really exciting at the prospect of Squidina being in there. Just a new face, a new character, first time being a 3D racer. I, I, that's exciting still for, for me to see a new cartoon character get into a, a racer like this. If anything, the addition of Jojo Siwa and the possible omission of Heifer is not going to go unnoticed. Oh, no. No, 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 no. I'm not giving him nothing. I got plans for these chips. You ate yours, fat boy. And I can only hope there are plans down the road to add DLC. Not only characters that are just being omitted from Kart Racers 2, apparently Tommy and Angelica are not going to make the cut which is very shocking. So that tells me alone there's probably DLC coming down the road. But uh, the addition of more Nicktoons that we haven't seen before. And and I'll give you three quick ones right off of the bat. The Angry Beavers, Snap from Chalk Zone, and I would swing for the fences. I would just reach out to Disney and see, hey, can we license Doug as a DLC character for Nickelodeon Kart Racers 3? Honestly, in that fact... Let's just start a new campaign on social media for Doug to be added as Quailman even into All-Star Brawl. If Disney is willing to put Sora into Super Smash Brothers and make a deal and from all accounts be totally fine with it, and through reports it seemed that Square Enix through that entire deal were the ones keeping things kind of held up more than Disney were. But if if Disney is allowing Sora into Super Smash Brothers, why can't we get Doug as a paid DLC character in Nickelodeon Kart Racers 3? Doug, Skeeter, Patty Mayonnaise, Roger, a four-pack, boom. Or maybe, you know, Patty and Roger are uh, are just the assist characters that they bring in. A whole Doug pack. I would pay 10 bucks for that. I can tell you that most people who are going to buy Nickelodeon Kart Racers 3 and who have already bought in... All-Star Brawl would probably be willing to pay more money for Doug. That's a that's a guess that I'm willing to take, but I'm throwing that idea out there here. Anyway, now, where did I place my mattress? Where Where is that? 
Target Lost. The Lost Mattress is the third overall episode of season four. It is the first half of the 62nd episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, and it first premiered on May 13th, 2005. This is also Patrick's first appearance in season four, which I didn't think about that throughout watching the first two episodes, because for me, it's just another day at the office, so if there's an episode that doesn't have Patrick, it's, you know, not shocking to me, but thinking back to go your first half hour, your first two episodes of the fourth season, and to not have an appearance of Patrick, thinking back to that, it's it's certainly interesting. It's certainly interesting to have happened, but what an episode for him to show up in. The Lost Mattress, one that doesn't even start out with anything that has to do really with Patrick other than his association with Spongebob. Simply just going along for another Krusty Krab adventure. Our writers for this episode is Mike Bell, who is also our storyboard director, and Tim Hill, who is a writer joining us for the first time since Jellyfishing, all the way back in season one from 1999. Our animation director is Alan Smart, our technical director is Vincent Waller, and our supervising producer is Paul Tibbet. This episode is, is all about Mr. Krabs and his apparent mattress, which only has shown up in one other episode of the show, as far as I know. I mean, up to this point. Up to this point, other than using a mattress, Mr. Krabs... Anytime we've seen him in his home, sleeping, waking up in the morning, going to bed, he uses a hammock, which may just be a secondary bed in his house that he just chooses to use most often, but then sometimes uses this mattress that apparently Mr. Krabs stores all of his money into. Stupid idiot! Which may sound weird at first, but it's honestly only in his placement. Of, of his money. There are plenty of people out there, regardless of wealth, that do not trust banks or credit unions and have valid reasons to do so, who decide to keep all of their cash on hand. But most of those people usually have a, a special place, a lockbox or a safe, something of that sort where they hold all of their currency and, and aren't shoving it into their mattress and sleeping on top of it. It may just be Mr. Krabs' obsession with money that he has to sleep close to that money. It has to be under him for him to have a good night's sleep, you know? But unfortunately, over the years, he's been shoving in too much, and it's starting to get uncomfortable. <laughs> Which is understandable. He's probably sleeping on, on wads of cash... He's probably sleeping on rolled up, you know, change or even just loose change. And that could get annoying after a, a significant amount of time. You know, he's probably not sleeping anywhere as comfortably as Huel was on that stack of cash in Breaking Bad. Huel and, uh, and Bill Burr sleeping on that massive wad of cash. That level of comfort was probably Mr. Krabs at some point with that mattress. He, he probably had a, a nice smile on his face going to bed. Woke up, refreshed, ah, money. And then all of a sudden, one day, you put in one extra dollar, one extra quarter, one extra penny, and then all of a sudden, there's just something poking into your back, and you're ignoring it, and then you get used to it. And then something else pokes into another part of your back, and you ignore it, 
and then you just get used to it. And ladies and gentlemen, that's what eventually happens if you continually use the same mattress over and over and over. I'm not trying to upsell you on a specific mattress, and this may be counterintuitive since this episode of the show is sponsored by spooky little mattresses, but I'm just letting you know that over time, you're going to contour yourself to your bed, and it's not going to be a fun time. You may think, oh, well, that sounds kind of relaxing. The The bed is going to slowly hug my body, and if you have ever seen the 1992 Adams Family, just go and look at Uncle Fester's bed. That is the joke of someone who has never changed their mattress, and they like to sleep as uncomfortable as possible. So if your mattress is looking anywhere near Uncle Fester's, it's time to upgrade. It's time to upgrade to spooky little mattresses. I really love Squidward's attitude through most of this episode. I don't always agree with Squidward's choices, and certainly I disagree with some of the choices he makes here in this episode, but off the bat, Squidward just makes me laugh. It's one of those effects that as you get older, I think Squidward becomes more enjoyable of a character. He is purposely written for the adult audience, and here's Squidward on his way to work, late again, and just his nonchalant attitude. He could quit. He hates his job. And he just doesn't even care that he's definitely not going to get fired. Because now we're, we're going on four or five years of Squidward being a Squidward at the Krusty Krab. We have seen it in full force that he is literally the worst employee, but doesn't get fired. And he just mocks it. He mocks the fact that he can be late yet again, and he's just not going to be fired. Wow, I'm really late again. Maybe they'll finally fire me. (laughs) You're fired! For some reason, Squidward's watch has Big Ben on it, and for those that don't know, it's a fact that gets thrown out literally anytime someone mentions Big Ben, so I apologize for falling into that trap so easily, but... It's a pretty uh pretty big thing. It's a pretty big thing in the UK. I don't know if you heard about it, but it's Big Ben. Ben. There may actually be more credence to this being an earlier SpongeBob episode due to the fact that SpongeBob is just completely locked outside of the Krusty Krab and has to wait for Mr. Krabs to open up the door for him. We have seen in previous episodes that SpongeBob is so diligent at his job that he's willing to go at five in the morning to count the sesame seeds each and every day and clearly doesn't ever need Mr. Krabs to unlock the door for him, whereas Squidward even at that point was able to get in. So maybe this is just written as a very early episode before Mr. Krabs eventually just ditched sleeping on his mattress and instead moved on to the hammock he may have had in another room in his anchor home. Uh, But yeah, they're locked outside of the Krusty Krab. It's apparently open time, or at least the time that the employees would go in to get ready for the day. I imagine they're in there at least an hour beforehand, maybe a half hour, getting the grill ready, getting all the ingredients ready for the day. I imagine Squidward takes a nap in the bathroom, 
Mr. Krabs counts money in his office and the safe in his office. He understands the concept of a safe in his office. But then at home, I don't understand him in that regard. Anyway, Mr. Krabs eventually shows up and he looks in terrible shape and is in a very cranky attitude. A little too relatable, I'd say, if you know what a bad night of sleep can do to your uh, your emotions in the, in the early parts of the morning. I mean, if you wake up and you feel like you just slept in the wrong position or the mattress itself was a problem, I don't know. Getting through the morning can at least be a little bit tougher, in my experience, and I know I'm not alone in that sentiment. I, I highly doubt there's many people out there who could wake up with a bad back and walk through the day with a Jack McBriar style of optimism. I, I don't think many people exist like that. I, I feel like a rough night of sleep and your back just not feeling in place could could really hamper your day. And Mr. Krabs shows up late. He barks at SpongeBob and even calls him an idiot. And it's one of the worst one-on-one confrontations that we have seen up to this point of SpongeBob and Mr. Krabs. I mean, of course, in the SpongeBob movie, the way that SpongeBob approaches Mr. Krabs post-hangover is not a kind experience. But for Mr. Krabs to approach SpongeBob in this manner, we, we haven't really seen it like this before. And SpongeBob is taken aback. Squidward is over the moon about this and loves the new Mr. Krabs. And even when SpongeBob tells him to get serious, he reminds SpongeBob, I am. Like, I am serious. I like that Mr. Krabs is yelling at you instead of yelling at me. And you know what? I can understand things are finally coming up Millhouse. For Squidward. Everything's coming up Millhouse. I have no idea why Mr. Krabs just can't handle his own mattress situation. It's not like he doesn't have the money for a fresh mattress or to find a fresh means for him to house all of his money, you know, maybe to upgrade the size of his bed. You know, if he's a, a double or a queen, you, you go to a king. Which, by the way, let me just say from experience, two beds I would avoid in your future if you can. My uh my my bed timeline goes as such. I of course went from a crib or I mean let's start really at the beginning. I of course <laughs> All right, all right, fine, fine. All right, so I started in a crib, then went to a of course like a toddler bed. I never had the race car bed, which like three of my friends in elementary school, like good friends that I hung out with outside of school all had race car beds. And it really wasn't until later on in elementary school when I went over a friend's house who didn't have a race car for a bed. And I was like, oh, well, finally, someone else who speaks my language here. So I had a a single toddler bed, moved up to a full, which is slightly smaller than a queen. And I kept that full-size bed for, for a while as a kid. And when you're a kid, you're so light that sleeping on the same mattress for so long really isn't gonna impact you. You're not going to notice that until you're you're in your 20s or so and you've been sleeping on the same mattress for, you know, seven, eight, maybe 10 years at that point and you've gained some weight. Yeah, you may start noticing some things, but I, I had that uh, that full bed up until I moved my room to the basement of our home. We had a nice at least half furnished basement. The walls were were not, you know, just like the, the concrete. They were covered with this wood. There was a carpet on the floor. 
and my my brother having being born took over my room upstairs and it just made sense for all parties involved. There was a single bed already down in that basement room and I decided at one point, hey, I just want more space so I'm going to get rid of this this full bed. That gets shoved out of the door and now I have a single bed. Once again, not not a not a bad one if if I do say so myself, but at some point I made the dumb decision and this is number one here on the mistakes not to make in terms of your bedding choices. No offense to anybody who does so out there, but I turned to that single bed and I got rid of it and I replaced it with a futon. And for those that don't know, a futon is a form of furniture that is essentially both a couch and can be transformed into a full, you know, pretty sizable bed. But unfortunately, most of the futon mattresses that I had at my disposal were not the most comfortable. I had no problem with it at first, but certainly after a year, I I was regretting the decision that I had made. But once I was living on my own, eventually it was time to upgrade to an actual queen-size bed, which I would say is the perfect size bed for anybody to have. In my opinion, a queen-size, perfectly fine to have. But when that got taken out of my home for unforeseen circumstances, I made the distinct choice to upgrade to a king-size bed, which is decision number two I would tell you not to make. Unless you have the space for a king-size bed and it's not going to take up distinct room in your house and it's just not going to be an eyesore when you look into your bedroom, hey, go for a king. But I am not happy with a king-size bed. And that's not even the biggest size you can go for. Commercially, you can go for what is known as a California king, which is even bigger, or it's at least a more square version of a king size. You need to look the size comparisons up. It's it's an enormous bed. And even in terms of anything that Shaquille O'Neal wants, you can get any size mattress your little hearty heart desires. But for some reason, Mr. Krabs is just forcing himself to stay on a single mattress that he keeps shoving all of his money into, which is also on top of apparently where he houses the actual Krabby Patty secret formula, one that he apparently doesn't keep in the safe at the Krusty Krab, knowing that Plankton is continually going to go after that one, but one that we've been told he hides under his mattress that Squidward was able to guess on the previously mentioned episode, Plankton's Army. So even with all of the money that we know that Mr. Krabs has to his name, he is not able to better his situation in the slightest. And for some reason, SpongeBob decides to take it upon himself to buy Mr. Krabs a new mattress. You would think the light bulb would go on in SpongeBob's head. Well, my boss is super rich, or at least he is well off. He has a lot of money. If he wants a new mattress, he can buy one, but he's a good soul. He just wants Mr. Krabs to have a good night's sleep. And Squidward even points out to him like how ridiculous it is that you would feel the need to buy this man a new mattress. But SpongeBob is set in his ways, and off to the mattress store he goes, dragging alongside Patrick for the journey to a new location inside Bikini Bottom that we haven't seen up to this point, a store known as Mattresses and Then Some, which is really funny because once you go inside of this place, 
it is just mattresses. The then some may be the different little additions that some beds seem to have different compared to others. So that makes sense in that regard. But I got to tell you, as I was looking at this building from the outside, it just looked like what Ikea would look like under under the water. Like an undersea Ikea in Bikini Bottom would have the size of this building. It might be a bit more square on the top parts, but just that was the first business to come to mind when I saw mattresses and then some. I really like the idea that although we had a distinct employee in this episode, there wasn't any time spent building his character, giving him a solid name. He was just another part of the show, another bit role, and I kind of liked how quickly things got into SpongeBob and Patrick just testing out all of these different possible mattresses. It's an impressively looking built, actually scarily built mattress warehouse where they are stacked from the floor to as far as the ceiling is willing to be painted. And any one of those towers of mattresses could topple over and cause some serious damage. So kudos to all of those who put their lives on the line every day working at mattresses and then some. Uh, But we immediately get into just this montage of SpongeBob and Patrick trying to find the perfect mattress for Mr. Krabs. And they go above and beyond for this man. They find him the perfect mattress in, in what they believe. Now, at this point in the episode, we as the fans, if you're watching this for the first time, you're not told about Mr. Krabs squirreling his money into the mattress. You're just told he has a rough mattress at home and it's causing him some rough nights. And it's understandable for SpongeBob to want to help him in that regard. And after he helps find the perfect mattress for Mr. Krabs, in one of my favorite little moments of this episode, Squidward hears the laughter of Patrick and SpongeBob and he looks over the the side of his little boat counter and he sees SpongeBob and Patrick on the ground of the Krusty Krab coloring with their feet in the air. It's it's these moments that really make me laugh that remind me of the connection of SpongeBob and Pee Wee Herman, where I, I do feel like oftentimes more in later seasons of SpongeBob, they have delved more into the childlike nature of SpongeBob, more so where it doesn't have as much of a same effect as it used to, because it, it's that Pee Wee Herman level bit where if you have too much of one part of his character, the whole bit falls apart. You know, there's a reason why it works. And honestly, I would go to the stage show version of Pee Wee Herman to understand more what I'm talking about. But when you have a bit that's going to last for an extended period of time, you know, you got to have those highs and lows. And that's why those moments where SpongeBob gets to act like a child for those early seasons feels so special because he also balances it with moments where he gets to be a bit more mature. So up to this point, I still don't feel overspoiled with that childlike nature of SpongeBob where I can't enjoy a moment where he's coloring on the floor. It's still, it's still really funny to me visually to see that at some point in time, they're going to be amping up that stuff every episode every moment where he's doing something cutesy and childish and and it's like adding too much sugar to your coffee. At some point, it's going to become undrinkable due to the oversaturation of the sugar. But here, 
it's still really enjoyable and it got me to chuckle a bit, which reminds me of another moment I forgot to mention that I, I genuinely love in this episode. And it's when SpongeBob and Patrick get inside of mattresses and then some for the first time. And they're looking at these hundreds to thousands of mattresses. It looks like the uh, warehouse at the end of Raiders. But here they are looking at all these mattresses and SpongeBob's like, how many do you think there are? And Patrick, with an extended look around his surroundings, comes up with the answer of 10. And the fact that SpongeBob even goes along with that as a plausible answer. The little banter here in this episode, these little moments, there's a lot of special moments here. 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10, 100 out of 100, best king, best king. After Squidward notices that they are creating a card to go alongside Mr. Krabs' new mattress that is already awaiting him at home, they have already dumped his mattress at the dump and have done all the work. And Squidward now just signs his name on the card and is going to be the one to help take credit for this new endeavor for Mr. Krabs. For some reason, instead of just surprising him right when he gets home, they wait until he is literally in bed and sleeping. He he lays down on this new mattress, and it has such a profound effect already that he falls asleep instantly, and these guys wake him up. I would be upset about that. If you waited until I fell asleep to wake me up to congratulate me on my new mattress, I would be really upset Unless I all of a sudden found myself on a spooky little mattress. Well, then, then, then I would feel like my spirit is lifted. But for as comfortable as Mr. Krabs was in his first few moments on that mattress, it becomes very clear that there is an issue at hand. And our main characters, SpongeBob, Patrick, and Squidward, have made a grave mistake as we have already covered Mr. Krabs hides all of his money, all of his earnings, everything apparently, every dime in this one mattress that is now sitting comfortably at the dump. And it's all Squidward's fault because he decided to try and bolster all of the credit for this situation. He didn't pay for the new mattress. He didn't help haul the old mattress out to the dump. He just signed it on the card that he did most of the work and that it was his idea, and now he has to take all of the blame for putting Mr. Krabs in a cash coma. Here comes the money! Here we go! Money talks! Here comes the money! Money. Mr. Krabs is now in a coma, and we are brought to a hospital where all of the staff who work at this hospital are written very much in a soap opera parody kind of way. Um, what is not a parody is what Mr. Krabs has to endure in this situation, but we will cover that in a second. There is a moment here where the characters are processing what is going on, and apparently Mr. Krabs is going to be in this coma until he is reunited with his money. And the hospital is taking this seriously. They are letting SpongeBob, Patrick, and Squidward know that this is a dire situation, and even the police are getting involved to let Squidward know that if Mr. Krabs can't get out of this coma, it's technically his fault for putting him in a coma and has to take the blame for it. I don't know realistically how much of a legal standing that can have. Like if you do something of a kind gesture and it causes somebody to go in a coma, not that that's not funny, but just for Mr. Krabs' situation, here it is for, for this to happen. I don't know if the law can get involved like that. I really don't. 
Like, if I replace my mom's television, if I get her an upgraded TV and she's very sentimental about the one that she has and and the loss of that television breaks her heart that she is put in a coma because of that, I don't think the police will come to me and go, well, you you bought her a new TV, so therefore you're going to jail. If If anyone feels the need to step in on this, obviously... If you do something to a physical degree or do something where you can inadvertently cause it, I, I think the law can get involved, but not in, in this exact way where a, a kind gesture can cause this. But, you know, cash comas aren't real. But what is real is the overall parody that the writers are trying to to subvertly throw your way in this episode if you live outside of America, you might not know that uh, the United States of America, you might not know that our entire healthcare system is a mess. And there are people out there who you might not even hear on the trending tabs or in any news stories who, because of their insurance or lack thereof, may get denied simple health care for themselves. And it all comes down to the almighty dollar. And even as it's said in this episode, very, very over the top-ish, which it's purposely written as such so that they could have it in this episode. But hopefully the adults watching this episode understand when it's joked about that this hospital is a business. And I said it even more seriously than it's said in this episode. But uh, yeah, unfortunately... This whole B-plot of Mr. Krabs going from his insurance not being able to cover the care for the hospital stay, therefore he gets wheeled out of his hospital room into the into the hallway, and then a, another doctor with a very suspicious-looking hat comes in and tells the original doctor of Mr. Krabs, hey, your patient is blocking the vending machine. We got to get this guy out of here. They wheel him out of the hospital. And even at that point, the administrator of the entire hospital comes in and goes, hey, we can't have this dying guy in the front of our business. Get him out of here. And they push him even further away from the hospital. And we'll get back to where Mr. Krabs goes, but it's it's not a joke. And this is certainly not the time nor place to dive into this subject, like fully, but unfortunately, as I said, what Mr. Krabs goes through, even in the slightest of this episode, is what's happening on a daily basis to people around the United States and certainly those who need health care in other parts of the world who are just denied for not maybe having enough to cover it or just not even being able to get into the locations that have the proper health care. It's, it's not a joke. Um, and, you know, there's so much in this country alone that fall on deaf ears. There are so much that because of even someone's lack of social media, it won't even ever get on the trending pages and they can't even get their story out and they're just suffering somewhere in this country based off of what they simply don't have. And then you're like booted out of places like this. It's it's ridiculous. If you legitimately need medical help. You shouldn't be denied. I can understand, you know, when people bring in arguments of extra kind of surgeries and stuff that is not necessarily quote unquote needed to live. But if somebody has 
uh, an issue and they need to get it taken care of to live. The fact that people are turned away from that and the people who turn them away, I, I could never work in those jobs. I'm sorry, there's never going to be an I'm ready insurance wing of Captain Eric's, you know, possible journeys out there. So don't uh, don't get too excited about it. What? What? Now it's up to SpongeBob, Patrick and Squidward to retrieve Mr. Krabs's money filled mattress at the bikini bottom dump. Unfortunately for them, even though this was an uncomfortable mattress to Mr. Krabs, it seems to have found a new owner with the guard worm of the dump. Now, underwater, worms are the equivalent to dogs for us up here, whereas uh, snails are cats. And this guard dog and the situation at hand heavily reminded me of the sandlot. There, there was a lot of that running through my mind of characters being on the other side of a fence, seeing an item that they need, and then seeing an absolutely terrifying creature that they have to get by in creative ways. Unfortunately, for Squidward, I don't think he would have fared uh, any better in the Sandlot as he did here in the Lost Mattress. Of course, almost right away, Squidward finds himself in a situation. You know once you see a dangerous animal at hand and Squidward's involved, you can already tell what's going to happen. We've we've seen this happen plenty of times, at least in terms of sea bear attacks and attacks by sea rhinoceroses, which are notified due to the attacks of a sea bear. Another one of my favorite moments happens in this episode where SpongeBob and Patrick are going into the dump and the fence that they're climbing over flips Squidward and them onto the opposite ends where Squidward was agreeing to keep watch on the outside for them, which was going to be the safest place away from the guard worm. But now he's on the other side of the fence inside of the dump, and now the guard worm is awakened. Uh, SpongeBob and Patrick's banter to Squidward in this situation after three seasons of the way Squidward talks to these two is a breath of fresh air and is genuinely one of the funniest moments of this episode. Like, oh, great, Squidward. You were agreeing to keep watch, and now you've wakened the guard worm. It's genuinely funny. It made me laugh again this time around. And, of course, seeing Squidward, you know, get mauled in a way, it, it is deserved. It is deserved. You tried to take full credit for a situation that involved people paying their money, especially Patrick, who seemingly put up his own money towards Mr. Krabs' new mattress, a task he doesn't have to do and is simply out of the goodness of his own heart. So you know what? In the situation, the guard dog or guard worm attack on Squidward is a little bit justified. We get to the next part of the story where Squidward is deep inside the dump. And walkie-talkies over to SpongeBob and Patrick, now known as Worm Bait, for some reason or another, to make a lot of noise to distract the worm and get him away from the mattress and therefore also away from Squidward. What ends up happening, though, is once SpongeBob and Patrick start making all of this noise, the guard worm shows up to them, and as SpongeBob was holding a wooden spoon that he was banging on a bunch of pots with, we end up finding out that, hey, just like dogs would, worms also like to play fetch. And once he sees the wooden spoon, is really down to play a game of fetch. He sees no threat immediately in SpongeBob and Patrick, and I guess would rather play than do his job. So, I mean, who's being a Squidward now in this situation? But SpongeBob throws the wooden spoon, which of course lands 
right near Squidward, who is about to retrieve the mattress. And Squidward, for some reason, decides to pick up a wooden spoon in a dump and says, yeah, I'm going to keep this. I want this wooden spoon from the dump and puts it in his... Hold on, I got to check the notes here. Back pocket? Squidward's, Squidward's back pocket? Back pocket? What? Hold on. Yeah, I I guess he puts the wooden spoon what? in his back pocket. What? Interesting. Of course, that attracts the guard worm straight to Squidward's hindquarters. And around this time is where Mr. Krabs is reintroduced into the story. Remember, as I said, he was not only pushed out of the hospital entirely, but then in front of the hospital, he was pushed away, which sent him down a mountain all the way into the dump. And strangely enough, right onto his mattress, which, of course, now being in the proximity of his money should awaken him from his coma, which at this point, SpongeBob and Patrick's next idea to really uh, keep the guard worm away from the mattress was to dress up as some choice cut pieces of meat and to lather themselves in some steak sauce cologne. I mean, if you really want to impress whoever you're trying to impress out there, let me tell you, there's nothing better that you can do for yourself and for others around you than to go to your fridge right now and to get your finest bottle of steak sauce and take that out of your fridge and go put it in your medicine cabinet or somewhere near where you would stash cologne because it's time to grow up. What? The line in this episode, run like you're not in a coma, will always get a chuckle out of me. It's a genuinely funny line. Mr. Krabs awakens from his coma, his cash coma. He has his mattress back, and although he immediately gets into guard dog position, rightfully so, he's been without his mattress for a while now, he is he's just nice and happy to see that he is able to get his mattress back in his life and is, I guess, able to sleep uncomfortably yet again. Hey, Mr. Krabs... You could just put that mattress under the new mattress. And even though you will have a bit of fabric, springs or such in between you, it will give you a better night's sleep. So hopefully he can take that advice. I, I like the end of this episode with Squidward running away from the guard worm. It's, it's very Three Stooges-esque of just ending an episode abruptly like that with characters running off into the distance. I I always love seeing when when episodes abruptly just they just end. They don't have to have a a real culmination of the characters going back home or we don't need to see Mr. Krabs getting his mattress back into the anchor. Nope, we just need to see Squidward running away from the camera with the guard worm in tail. And that ladies and gentlemen is The Lost Mattress. I love this episode. So far in season four, I would say we're off to a good start. These have been fun episodes, and for the episodes that we have in the future, all I see is more fun ahead. I don't really see anything that's going to be a problem for uh, season four. So even if you feel like, oh no, we're out of the golden age of SpongeBob, keep that in your back seat. You should lose that in your mattress because we don't need to worry about that here. We're still having a golden time and that's all that matters that might sound corny but I'm, I'm gonna stick with it because I really appreciate you guys and and I genuinely 
love seeing people who who find this show for the first time or those who have come back and have have said just the wonderful things that you guys have said behind the scenes. It, it makes my day. And uh, just shout out to each and every one of you on the Ready Crew. All of you have a bit of my heart. And uh, thank you for joining me every single week, coming aboard. It's always a pleasure to make this kind of content. It gives me something to do, and I genuinely hope you enjoy yourself as much as I do when it comes to recording these episodes. And with that, it's time to make like Mr. Krabs' mattress and get lost. Thank you for being a part of the Ready Crew. You can reach Captain Eric anytime at spongepodpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, anything you'd like for me to read out here on the air, you can send me an email there. You can reach me out on Twitter at I'm Ready Podcast, on Instagram at SpongeBobPodcast, twitch.tv slash thecaptaineric, and also twitch.tv slash SpongeBobPodcast. And most importantly, head over to youtube.com and find the Captain Eric YouTube channel, or click on the link in the podcast description below to find the Captain Eric YouTube channel and click on that subscribe button. It is honestly the best form to show your support for myself or any of the work that I am making. But if you would like to go more than just a simple subscription to the YouTube channel, you can click on the Redbubble link in the podcast description to go over to my Redbubble page where you can purchase new and currently updating merchandise from everything from I'm Ready logos to the logos of This Week in Nickelodeon History to more drawings and updates coming soon in the oncoming weeks. Before my birthday in October, I want to purchase a new shirt from my store, so definitely Head on over to redbubble.com and uh, and find Captain Eric or click on the link in the podcast description below. As always, anything that comes in through my projects goes right back into my projects and it is always appreciated. Mateys, I love each and every one of you. Thank you for coming aboard. Please stay safe, be kind to one another, and come aboard again next week to another episode of I'm Ready! A Sponge Pod Squarecast. What did you idiots do? Squidward, what are you doing in there? You were supposed to keep watch. Yeah, and you woke up the guard worm, too. I didn't do it. You blockheads won't stop. Worm. <laughs> <laughs>